Hello and welcome to The World This Week, a new and informative live podcast series on Jukebox Radio, focusing on current events and topics that really matter. I'm Leo and I'm joined by my special guest of the week, Rufus. Welcome. Hi, I'm Rufus. Um, I'm in the Benson and I'm really happy to be here. So we're going to dive straight in and let's get started. So looking at the BBC News website today and front page is Liz Truss's government spending plans. Liz Truss is defending the government's spending and tax cut plans during a raft of BBC interviews earlier today following days of market turmoil. She says that the energy package announced in uh, her chancellor's mini budget on Friday would tackle high bills and reduce inflation by 5%, which in turn would help to lower food prices. And she insisted that tax cutting measures would lead to long-term economic growth. She also stated that the Fracking that is being carried out by the UK is perfectly safe, but will only go ahead where locals agree to it. So, what do you? So, to start off, what do you think about fracking? Fracking is where we drill into the ground to, sorry, to get natural oils and gases, and it's it's pretty dangerous to the environment. Loads of people say it creates yeah. earthquakes. The government have said that they're going to try and only frack where it's it's safe to do so and where earthquake risk is low. Obviously, um, fracking is clearly not great for the environment as reducing oil is, um, is not great for any of our oceans or any of wildlife. Um, however, even though the government says that they're going to reduce um, fracking, this is quite difficult to live up to as Russia and Ukraine, the conflict, it means that we're going to need more oil and gas than ever. That's so true. I'm, yeah. So I'm not sure if this is going to live up to what they say. Yeah, that's a good, a good point. So also, Liz Truss, she said that the government remains committed to plans to send some asylum seekers to Rwanda. What are your thoughts on this? Um, it's quite good for Rwanda as a country. However, the asylum seekers, it's clearly not because they the reason they're coming to London is because London's such a great place and it has so many opportunities for perhaps people that haven't had them before. However, it's it's quite understandable that we that London can't hold everyone and that we have to make other places that people can go. And this should hopefully improve um, Rwanda's economic growth. That yeah, that, that's a very good point. So Bank of England, it's big economics. I understand very little of it. Do you have any clue, if any clue, on inflation, that kind of well, scary topic? Um well, I've done a bit on this. So inflation, that's obviously when prices are going up. Okay. If prices are going up, then people are going to spend less. Yeah. And therefore save more. Okay. So when they save more, that means that the that means that the they they're going to um put put the prices down for saving money in the bank. So I mean the interest rate is going to go down. That means when people save more, they're going to spend less and then the process repeats and then unemployment increases. So even though if inflation, if they're trying to tackle inflation, it's quite difficult as unemployment is still quite low. Interesting. Okay, so I've got something here from the Telegraph saying a fall in the value of the pound will increase the price of goods and services imported from the UK overseas. And it comes at a time where the cost of living is already increasing at its fastest rate in nearly 40 years, driven by the cost of food and fossil fuels going up. 
uh, elsewhere, they also say that um, prices of milk and cake are going up, but fruits going down. So <laughs> that could could that possibly lead to a healthier lifestyle among people of England? Well. So wait, wait, repeat. So the fruit prices are going, going down. down. Yeah, but milk and cake mm. are going up. I feel like this is a big vegan win for me. Well, it might be. It might be, actually. However, um, the people, many people and certain people who want the these more perhaps expensive products are still going to pay for them. And this goes on to the mini budget, which means that tax cuts for um, the the tax is less for rich people now, meaning they have much more money to spend. So it probably won't make that much of a difference for the more wealthy. Okay, that's interesting because today Kwasi Kwarteng, the um the business minister, said that he's uh, sticking to his growth plan. Yeah, and he's saying the mini budget is absolutely essential and delivering much better growth outcomes for people. We're already absolutely protecting people right across this country, he says, adding that because of the government's interventions, we've limited the average household bill. What do you think about Liz Truss's government's way of uh, limiting energy bills by putting a cap on it? Well, when you limit the energy bills, I mean, people... See, that is something that I'm not very good at. So, she's... So wait, can you repeat, please? So she's trying to put a cap on energy bills. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you think about that? So, like more of like an ethical kind of thing, taking from big uh, energy companies and like reducing the costs with their like multi-million-pound average incomes into their companies and reducing customer prices, meaning energy is cheaper throughout the winter, which could be a massive. Massive change for most UK yeah, households. I mostly agree with that. I think if if you're going to, even though you're perhaps taking lots from those larger companies, those larger companies are thriving now because everyone wants their gas and oil. So that's true. Um, yeah. it, I think it's it's quite reasonable in a way that um, um, trust is trying to um, reduce energy bills so that the perhaps um, less well off people can also get the energy as during the winter if the prices stay like this people horrific things could happen to them all around the world yeah elsewhere in the kind of economic business it's been reported that it will be more expensive for overseas travel because as they like the term you get less bang for your buck for people in the uk planning holidays overseas because the pounds like massively decreasing yeah. in value well it obviously depends on which country you want to go to for yeah. example compared to the dollar now the pound has massively decreased i think yeah. it's something like 1.1 pound to 1. dollar 1.1 dollar just 1 dollar um compared to what it was before it's it's gone down massively i mean it's going to be much more expensive to travel to places like the us yeah. however um, it won't make too much of a difference to perhaps uh, um, more developing countries, as even mm. though the pound has gone down pre- pre- quite a lot, it's still huge compared to lots of other current yeah. currencies. So just looking at some of the exchange rates, so you are right, yeah, one pound is $1.10. And earlier today, Liz Trust did say that uh, the, the US dollar had also fallen a bit 
saying that uh, it was it shouldn't be directly related to the pound. Also, the pound in Turkey, which is the Turkish lira, it's one pound to twenty point four three kurush Turkish lira. More people going overseas to Turkey, Black Sea, that all that res- resort kind of thing. What do you think? So people going to Turkey at the moment. Yeah. Well, um, well, it's Turkey is in that area where there's quite a lot of risk. Still. I thought you were going to say that. Yeah. So I'm not. I don't think people are going to be that keen to go there. However, lots of part of Turkey's are brilliant and great places to go. And it's not, and considering prices, it won't make too much of a difference. So it should be fine. Yeah. On your note about like being a bit dodgy um, politically around Turkey. Yeah. Also in the news, Russia, Vladimir Putin, Russia's president, is later today going to hold this big formal speech in Moscow to formally annex four more areas of Ukraine. So he's going to hold a signing ceremony, at, sorry, tomorrow actually, <laughs> to annex four more areas of Ukraine after self-styled referendums, yeah. which have been condemned by Ukraine and NATO and the UN and all of that. What do you think about those elections? Well, considering Putin's past, those elections in those specific states have likely to not been as fair as they should should have been. That's a fair point, yeah. Um, and this means that what Putin will do is Putin will say to the Russians, I have conquered these parts of Ukraine. We have won, and therefore this is a victory against NATO and Ukraine. And he can go back and it will all be good and pretend that actually he has not achieved what he originally wanted to achieve. That's fair. Yeah. So that's an interesting, interesting thought there. Interesting thoughts. Moving, moving slightly off like dark and gloomy situations, like our (laughs) falling economy and everything, uh, the war in Ukraine and all that. Scientists have recently discovered that dogs can sniff out stress on owner's breath. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I found that genuinely interesting because yeah. they, they have such sensitive noses. So four dogs were trained to choose, in inverted commas, one of the three scent calendars, one of which had the sweat of a stressed uh, and anxious person. And in more than 650 out of 700 trials, they successfully identified that sample of sweat or breath that have been taken from a stressed person. So do you think we might be able to use these miraculous dogs in medicine and therapy later on? A hundred percent. I mean, if you can see, I think, see, I'm not a real scientist, but um, <laughs> um, when it comes to being stressed out, I know your heart rate increases. So I'm sure this could be used in some sort of medical way as to tell if their heart rate is increasing. Obviously, we have incredible heart rate monitors, but something like that in maybe more developing countries where they don't have such high equipment. Also, just if as a guide dog, from a guide dog's perspective, it's a brilliant way as for someone who, let's say, has frequent um, seizures, uh, it would be quite a good way of working out when they're getting stressed, when when it might happen, and therefore do whatever guide dogs do. (laughs) Yeah, that's so. They say that 
at Queen Mary University in Belfast, I'm pretty sure, yeah. where they were conducting that experiment. They were going to use it for the benefit of anxiety therapy dogs. And elsewhere among the dog world, scientists have now said that stress among students really can be reduced by spending time with animals from the US. So Coco in MFL yeah, 12. Yeah, I just think of that. <laughs> definite benefit there going to 100%. going to see her. Yeah. I think, yeah, every time I just walk past, like let's say I'm going to Spanish or French, and I just walk past her, I'm like, I suddenly all of my negative thoughts and stress and work, or I have to do this, I have to do that, um, just goes away for a minute because I see that dog and she looks so happy. Yeah. And that is I think I think honestly. I mean, not everyone's a dog person. I personally am, but I think animals can truly improve your well-being. Yeah, that, 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 that's right. That's right from the heart there, yeah. So they said that more than 300 undergraduates had found weekly hour-long sessions with dogs brought to the university by professional handlers had made stress students at high risk of academic failure or huh? dropping out feel relaxed and accepted, helping them to concentrate, learn, re- and remember information, she said. So, yeah. Yeah. If you're feeling stressed, go see Coco. Exactly. <laughs> COVID. What the what a wonderful what a wonderful disease. Yeah. So in the news recently, face masks have been reintroduced at Suffolk and Essex hospitals. Oh. So face masks are being reintroduced for visitors to hospitals due to rising COVID cases and patients, a trust said. Well, exactly. Um what should happen here is we should not get people to get stressed out because it's clearly going into winter. Fact is, COVID cases are going to go up. And if everyone starts thinking, oh no, they're going up, I'm going to start buying everything from the shop, then, then people will panic. This shouldn't happen as it is totally predicted that COVID cases will go up when it's colder as it's much more likely to get yeah. simple colds. Yeah. So scientists have been saying that the UK must prepare for a big early wave of flu based on Australia, Australia's findings, because they have a completely different uh, weather pattern to us. They get colder when we get sunnier. So yeah. Christmas in the Christmas in the sun. Yay. So they say autumn wave is coming and the UK Health Security Agency said that COVID cases are looking like they are turning into all four nations of the UK and they do believe that they are starting to see our autumn wave of COVID, which, as we all know, isn't exactly the most positive thing in the world. No, no it's not great. Seems there's so much negative stuff going on. I know. Yeah, so but moving on to a slightly more <laughs> joyful and um, inclus- inclusive news story the un has elected its first female tech agency secretary general doreen bogdan martin has become the sorry the pronunciation has been become the first woman to be elected as secretary general of the international telecommunication union she beat her russian rival i'm, I'm, I'm not going to try and pronounce that but yeah uh, i'm going to get it wrong rashid by 139 votes to 25 and she said that the world is facing significant challenges, escalating conflicts, a climate crisis, food security, gender inequalities, and 2.7 billion people with no access to the internet. What do you think about gender diversity in the workplace now? How is it changing? How do you think it needs to change? And what do you think should be done? 
there is only one solution to gender equality and that is it to be taught to be educated about and even though this is getting better I and you are at school and I still know there is gender inequality all the time so and this happens at every school around the UK so even though it's getting taught about it will take some time for the genders to get more equal because the parents have a huge influence on their children. And if their yeah. parents' views, let's say, are slightly more sexist, so possibly, not always, mm. but in lots of cases, are maybe the child's. So that's why the education needs to be even more, even more, just as much as normal lessons on things like equality in all different factors. Interesting, yeah. So on that, Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple Incorporated, <laughs> sure you all know, yeah. big company in the US, said there are still not enough women at the table at the world's tech firms, including his own. He said that technology will not achieve nearly what it could achieve without a more diverse workforce. And he said there were no good excuses for the lack of women in the sector. No. A uh, analytics company said that as they estimate large global technology firms will reach nearly 33 overall, 33% overall female representations in their workforce in 2022 on average, with 25% occupying technical roles. So this really does show that we need a, a big shift and a big change. But the UN appointing its first female director general for their technological sectors. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing. Great thing. Music. It has been in the news recently that. Coolio has died at the age of 89. He was a rapper in the US. He was most famous for his single Gangster's Paradise, which won a Grammy for the 1995 track, which led to the soundtrack for Dangerous Minds. Dangerous Minds, the film, starred Michelle Pfeiffer. And Michelle Pfeiffer and Snoop Dogg have both been paying tribute. And she said she was heartbroken at the news. Ever listened to Gangster's Paradise? Well, I probably have. See, that's why I'm terrible at. I probably would recognise the song. I'm yeah. just so terrible with names. It's a good song. But I, good I song. think that even though I def, I don't like all genres. I know there's pretty much no one who likes all genres of music. It's quite a good thing that we should explore a wide range all the time. Very political there. Very yeah. <laughs> Very uh, appealing to all tastes, yeah. So in in a football, and I can um, I can assure you that the boys of the Murray have been deeply, deeply interested by the goings on of the football. We even got a projector to uh, play them on the big screen in our dorm, which is <laughs> choices the people doing prep. But <laughs> <laughs> so we've played so the. England's football team in the Nations League, which builds up to the World Cup. We played six matches. We lost four and we drew two, but we, because of point difference, something something like that, we yeah. lost both of them as well. So we have been relegated to League B, which oh. uh, lessens our chances for the World Cup, which is which is a shame seeing as like We were this, doing so well before. I know, I know. This is this streak as well. But yeah, no, there's, there's some strange... Stats about England not scoring a goal in a in that kind of league match for a while. I can't exactly remember it's off the top of my head, but yeah, it's a bit, it's a big thing with like the in like the media, the social media hashtag hashtag uh, Southgate out. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. What do you think about Gareth Southgate? I don't know if you play football. Do you play football? I am. Um, 
pretty terrible at football. But I do know a bit about it because my brother is obsessed with football. <laughs> so um, all I know is that lots of the time, and this is totally understandable, everything is blamed on the manager. And it is not always the manager's fault. I don't know much about Gareth Southgate in particular. Yeah. But I know that um, I think saying Gareth Southgate out is is quite aggressive to the point which is it's not it's not really very fair on him anymore. And I understand that in position you have a big role and that you don't you're not you're you're expected to get this online criticism. But still I don't I don't think it's really okay that everything is always blamed on the person in charge. That's true. Yeah. It's like a lot of things. Our politics. Yeah. Football. Yeah. <laughs> Similar topics. Blame game. <laughs> In other sports news, unfortunately, Sir Mo Farah, one of our, is he a long distance runner or a short distance? Long distance. Long distance, yeah. yeah. Long distance runner. He is, he has pulled out of the London Marathon, the big mm. famous London Marathon, um, f- with an injury, with a tightness in his right hip. His future is in question now because he has, he, He's only had seven, so I got the stat from the internet, he's only had seven competitive fixtures since October 2019. Obviously due to COVID, not great, but he's a four-time Olympic champion. Is his competitive career over? You probably haven't. Well. Yeah. What do you think? How old is he? Oh, I don't know. I think, well. I don't know. I I wouldn't want to estimate anything. Okay, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, obviously... There comes a time where you, you you need to stop, and for for everyone in the world, that if it's if it's a very important person, it's always going to be pretty pretty sad when they either get kicked out from politics or something like that. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so he's thirty nine years old. Yeah. Ah, so thirty nine. So yeah, that's actually pretty old to be running a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's 40 basically. Mm. I, I mean, I think I think that's understandable. Yeah. I mean, but it's it's still obviously it's still obviously quite sad that he's not running anymore. Yeah, it is, yeah. Well, that being sport over. <coughs> Hurricane Ian in the US. It's flooded cities, cut power. Basically, big catastrophe in Florida as it's, yeah, it's destroying homes, destroying lives. Mm. Some I've been looking at some of the videos online. It's it's pretty terrifying how yeah. these natural disasters are still happening. Yeah. And there's yeah quite one explainable answer to that. Um, climate change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> winds of up to 150 miles an hour, smashing cars blowing hospital roofs off submerging cars ripping trees out the ground it's been downgraded from a category four storm to category one storm which i think does does mean it's getting worse Hmm. or or better i think (laughs) better yeah we we think better they've been floridians have been warned that the most dangerous 24 hours lay ahead and the mayor of tampa a district in Florida has urged people to stay in shelter in place through the night into Thursday morning. Well, I think, I think it, natural disasters are, are very sad because no matter how powerful a country is, the US, the most 
um, arguably the most powerful country in the whole entire world, um, a huge state, Florida in US, is getting battered by these hurricanes, which just shows that we can't overpower nature no matter what. And so it needs to be, there needs to be more stuff put into these places, but not, not in places like the UK. We don't need lots of understanding of hurricanes in the UK. As they, we get less, yeah. We get much less. It needs to be in places like Japan or um, Florida or pla- places where there's much more hurricanes. It's really important as it can cost lives and there's not much up to, there's only up to a point that we can do s- some stuff about it. That's true, yeah. And you have, to, you have to slowly phase it in, make sure it's widely accepted. But, yeah, have, you, have you seen the latest David Attenborough documentary? Frozen Planet Two. Oh yes, I actually w- watched a few uh, a few episodes recently. It's very interesting. Yes, they released two of them. They are oh. really good, immensely cute. I definitely recommend watching them. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. it's really interesting because before I think it was just the North and South Pole, but now it's all the different ice sheets. It's like yeah, Greenland, Alaska as well, yeah. Alaska, um, places in Russia. I think. Yep. But it's very interesting. Lots of lots of different information and all different types of animals that I, I sometimes never heard of before. That, yeah, really that is true. Yeah. And amazing, amazing camera footage. And my favorite yeah. about, bit about it is at the end, they do like a, a scene behind the scenes. Oh yeah. I actually, really, yes. They always, they always do that now with the David Attenborough yeah. programs. It shows that it's not, it's not just that simple and it takes a lot of work and we should really Gosh, appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, Frozen Planet 2 is available to stream both episodes on BBC iPlayer. Yeah. Elsewhere, not on this planet, NASA has smashed a spacecraft into an asteroid. Oh. And it's, it was deliberate. It was called the DART or Double Asteroid Redirection Test. And funny quote from The Guardian, most rocket scientists would wince at the thought. More than 11, a hundred. Yeah, 11, 11 million kilometers from Earth. It's quite. It's quite far. Yeah, it's quite far. Yeah. Um, why did they do it? I think they were just testing it, really, seeing whether it would just like redirect the asteroid, so we can oh, prevent. Uh, yeah. yeah, prevent the. Um, Surely that's quite difficult. You have other, to be going super yeah. fast to do that. Yeah, you'd have to because I know in space, unless something collides, with something it keeps moving at a consistent speed, so it won't slow down. Which is yeah. sometimes, which makes it quite difficult to to stop because in space there's no air, so it will just keep going for ages. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the, there's a spacecraft that they flew into this poor asteroid. Is uh, it had a name as well, Dimorphos. Dimorphos. Dimorphos, the doomed asteroid. It was a three hundred million pound, and that's three hundred thirty million dollar spacecraft. Do you think it's that right? sounds like a bit of a waste? Yeah. Do you think it's right to be splashing that much money from taxpayer money in the US into into I think asteroids? with all that's going on now, I mean there is no current threat. It's in fact unless well, unless unless there is and we don't know about it, there is no current current threat from asteroids um, hitting the Earth. So obviously this is quite a a quite a good idea to test, but perhaps this is not the best moment as the world is basically in a huge crisis. So, and with all all the probably extra tax being put on, it's probably making people 
struggle harder to live just to almost waste a spaceship, which costs a lot of money. It does, yeah. That's fair, yeah. So, (laughs) Professor Colin Snodgrass, an astronomer, a member of the DART mission science team at Edinburgh University, had to assure people that the asteroid wasn't coming towards the Earth. He said, we are only changing its orbit around the bigger asteroid, which is called Didymos. We're not changing its orbit around the sun. It cannot come towards Earth. What do you think about an asteroid smashing into Earth? Bit, bit, bit of a bit of a yeah. big question for a Thursday afternoon. Well, how long ago? I, I don't think you probably know this. How long ago did an asteroid smash into Earth? Uh, Sixty-six million years ago. Yeah, exactly. So that's 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 why we probably don't have to be that worried. If yeah, it, it takes sixty-six million years, that's that's a pretty long time. So. I think it's a pretty low chance that anything's going to hit us in the next 50 years. Well, anything major, because that, that asteroid that hit us 66 million years ago did wipe out pretty much all of uh, exactly yeah. all of life on Earth. But reading a little bit here from the end of the article on The Guardian, very good, very well written. A meteor that exploded over Chelyabinsk in Russia in 2013 was less than 20 metres wide but created a shockwave that injured 1,600 people, mostly from flying glass and falling walls. Ah. With this, and with DART, our asteroid smashing system, do you think it's... What do you think we should prioritise? Saving saving our Earth from climate change or saving our Earth from asteroids? Bit bit of a... Mm. Well, it depends what you want to think about. Do you want to think about the now or the later? Because yeah. 2013 is still nine years ago. And that means if we think about it, let's say every nine years, 1,100 extra people died from an asteroid. That would not be, I mean, I don't want to sound cynical, but that would not be that big of a deal compared to what could happen yeah. in 70 years as a result of climate change. That's true, yeah. So you're, like, you're saying like bigger, bigger Big, impacts? Bigger problems. They might be in the future, but if we want to save our future generations, I think, I think it's a bit of a yeah. problem. And roughly half an hour, the National Records of Scotland released Queen Elizabeth II's death certificate. She died on the 8th of September at Balmoral Class at the age of 96. It was like very sad, yeah. very sad occasion, country mourning her loss. Be- yeah. be- beautiful services all across the country, especially at Wellington. Yeah. yeah. It stated that she died at 310 of old age. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think she was a particularly incredible person because she kept going yeah. no matter what. And I know lots of people say this, but I think specifically the fact that she's lived through wars, she's lived through so so much, so much crisis. I mean, she could have been at certain points overthrown. The monarchy could have been destroyed and she's always kept going and she has lived an incredible life and she's lived for a long time by lots of people's standards. And so... I think that I think that she has done her job quite well. Yeah, and on the uh, on the extract of an entry in a register's death form, the third entry down uh, states occupation, and it just, it just plainly states Her Majesty the Queen. 
which I think is like a very touching point. Yeah. Anyway, if you don't, do you have anything else to say that you like you've seen in the news recently? Hmm. Well, that, that particularly touches you. The idea that people, people. The, the the voting, just voting in general. I mean, it's not necessarily recent, but it's been ongoing for ages. And I think it's such an important thing that slightly more elderly people are voting so much more and are getting almost, because they, they think, and so the elderly people are going, going to be voting much more quite at the moment. Yeah. Um, and that's just, it's... it's I mean, I don't want to say anything bad about elderly people, but they are, I mean, they are not our future. They are our present. That's, and, that's true. It is um, true. And so many young people don't vote. And that's because they think, oh, I'm not going to make a difference. Or, oh, I don't care about politics. I don't care. I'm living a fine life now. But when they are elderly, they're going to want to vote and it's going to repeat. And then we're going, we're going to get bad decisions in our government that aren't practical. And so that's what I think. I, I think that's quite an important thing that is not often talked about, but I think very significant. So that's, that rounds up our, our show for this week. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rufus, for coming Thanks on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah. So... One one last thing, just one last thing. It's from the week. Every week they do. Oh, the week. Yes, it's a great, it's a great paper. They combine loads of different sources as we've been doing today. They have like, it must be true. I read it in the tabloids section. And this is from 2015. It's one of my favorites. A British man has slept in the same room for a hundred consecutive years, says the London Sun. Douglas Matthews, who turned a hundred on January the 5th said he was born in the bedroom back in 1908, what? used as a child, and shared it with wife Mabel, who he married in 1934 and who died in 1996. I stayed in the same room because it's the best one, Matthews explained. And at my age, I have no intention of changing bedrooms now. That's quite a nice point. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to The World This Week. I've been Leo, and I've been joined by Rufus. Thank you.